Buenos dias. Let us pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for this opportunity to come before you and hear your word proclaimed. We ask, O oh God, that by way of your Holy Spirit, you may illuminate our minds, our hearts, all of our beings, so that we not only be hearers of your word, but doers of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It all started with a text. It was Good Friday, and I was coming back from a community service with local churches when I received it. The text sent to my wife, Gesseling, and I said, would you consider coming to Michigan? What ensued was me avoiding trying to hit oncoming traffic, swerving back to my own lane while I tried to make sense of it all. I didn't respond right away because, well, first of all, it's illegal to text while driving, right? Second, I know how patient the person that sent me this text was, so I wanted to make sure he practiced the biblical principle of waiting upon the Lord. I got home and I talked it over with Gesseling and finally decided to respond to the text. I said something along the lines of, it's intriguing. I then finally called the messenger, who was none other, if you haven't figured it out by now, than the, the Reverend Dr. Nathaniel D. Phillips. He began to tell me of this great church he had just started pastoring at, and how beautiful it was and of the great things he wanted to do as its new senior, senior pastor. When I hung up, though, I remember asking myself, why would God want to call me to a church like Kirk in the Hills? It sounds nothing like the church I ever imagined of being in. What in the world is God thinking? Well, I stand here more than three years later, still wondering what God was thinking, but to be sure, I also stand here grateful for their journey and the road we've walked together. I think it's appropriate to use that image even though it's used so much, but the fact is that our faith is a journey. It's a journey that takes us through ups and downs, lefts and rights, upside downs, twists and turns. It is no wonder that the early Christians were called followers of the way. It wasn't just that they were followers of Jesus, but it was also a matter of them getting up from where they were and leaving things behind and walking on the path, just like the first disciples did. It was an understanding that one was on a journey towards a certain distant destination. In his gospel, Luke understood this very well. So it is no wonder why the story takes place on a road. Starting on verse 13 and going through the passage we read today, 
I would say that the story encapsulates the meaning of the gospel in our walk of discipleship. The first Good Friday had just passed three days earlier, and yet there was no sign of Jesus. The anticipation that many of the disciples had that Jesus was coming back had gone away. Now we find some of the disciples walking away from Jerusalem, distraught because their leader was not with them, but they continued to walk. As they walked, this stranger, the very one that they were hoping to see again, joined them on the walk and engaged in conversation with them. Perhaps it was grief or their worries about what may be next, but the disciples could not see that this stranger was Jesus. They engaged in conversation and Jesus even gave them a a walking Bible study about how the scriptures bore witness to who Jesus was and what was going to happen. Something interesting happens at that point where we pick up our story today. It was late, almost evening. The disciples had reached a point on the road where they were going to turn to their destination. Jesus, the stranger, was going to continue on the road. The passage never mentions that someone was with him. He was going to continue walking alone into the night. The connection they had met, they had made was going to come to an end. It had been good for the disciples, helpful even, that connection. Yet, it was on the verge of being just that, a helpful and passing experience. There are experiences in our lives that are just that, helpful yet passing experiences. Experiences that only have a superficial impact. I didn't know what to expect coming into the Kirk. My most recent experience as pastor prior to being here, let's just say had not been too thrilling. I definitely had a passerby experience there to a certain extent. And coming here, I certainly did not want this to be the type of uh, that type of an experience for me or for the church. Yet initially I was hesitant. I felt like I had to feel my way around maybe before I was able to jump in. Well, that didn't take too long though. I moved in on a Wednesday, preached my first sermon here, right here where I'm standing today, on Sunday. And instead of celebrating my 12 year anniversary at the time, my 12 year wedding anniversary, I got up early early, early in the morning, Monday morning, to join the youth on their mission trip to Belize. And I hadn't even had a full week on the job yet. After I got back from Belize, I had a realization, a discovery, if you will. After 10 days on the job, I was convinced I needed a vacation. This was certainly not going to be a moment that just passed by. This was going to be a ministry experience that was significant and meaningful. The disciples didn't want their experience with this stranger to be one that simply passed by either. 
When the stranger continued walking into the night, the disciples insisted that he come with them, have a meal, and sleep over their homes. They couldn't permit this man to continue walking alone, even though they had just met him. And I am so thankful that they did. I'm thankful that they did because their hospitality, their willingness to welcome a stranger, to engage into a meaningful, deeper relationship would lead them to discover who this stranger actually was. The moment that is often highlighted in this story is when Jesus, taking the position of host, takes, blesses, breaks, and gives the bread to his disciples. It is at this moment when the eyes of the disciples were opened. There, right there, when it was, it was when it was revealed to them that the one that had been a stranger up to now was actually Jesus. The key here is, however, that this would have never happened. They would have never truly discovered Jesus again. If first they wouldn't have made the decision to practice hospitality, to take a risk, to be vulnerable. They made the decision to allow the stranger to come into their home, into their lives in a more meaningful way. The act of hospitality led the way to the revelation of Jesus in their midst. Their willingness to engage in a deeper relationship with this stranger became their doorway to what they were looking for, the doorway to grace. And I am so thankful that they did. Today, after three and a half years of receiving that first text, I'm so thankful. Thankful that I responded and thankful that we, right here together, decided to be that doorway to experience God's grace and love amongst us. My favorite part of today's passage isn't when the disciples' eyes were open. That's cool in and of itself, but my favorite part is when they ask each other in verse 32 were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road while he was opening the scriptures to us it's as if they were looking back on their experience that day their experience with jesus and realized that he was there all along he was there in their moments of grief he was there in their moments of joy. He was there as they understood God in a new way. He was always there walking along their side. Through the highs and the lows of that day, Jesus was there with them. As I look back in my time here at the Kirk, there are countless moments that I can gladly testify to Jesus being in our midst through our time. Surely I can talk about the goals we met of service hours in the November service challenge. I can also talk about the support the story initiative in which we impacted the lives of so many people we didn't even know. I can certainly talk about the seven, eight, I don't know how many mission trips we went on together. And yes, I can talk about how this very week we met our campaign goal of eliminating the medical debt of our neighbors in the city of Pontiac. I can talk about all of that. Yet there are two moments when it is what was most clear to me that my eyes were open, if you will, and clearly saw that Jesus was here in our midst. 
The first was before I even had a, my official day here. My father passed away on the same day I came to visit to have my final confirmation interview with Session. I'm not sure how I even got through that meeting, but I remember clearly how many of you, without even knowing me, provided comfort to me in the midst of my grief. I received sympathy, cards, and comforting words and prayers as I tried to make sense of my father no longer being there. That was the welcoming you all gave me and my family. The second was probably the most significant day in my own walk of discipleship. After eight years of being an ordained minister, you trusted me enough to have me as an, as an installed pastor here. It was the first time I had ever officially been installed as a pastor in the church. Not only that, you welcomed my children that very day to officially be part of the church as we celebrated their baptism together. Whether you knew it or not, you, along with the Holy Spirit, played a role in confirming our family's call to follow Jesus again and again and again. You all served as the doorway for us to experience God's grace and love in a new way. So as I stand here today in this farewell, until next time, I do so asking you to continue to be that gateway, that doorway of God's grace and transforming love in places near and far. That we do so knowing that Jesus has been, is, and will continue to be along our side in the highs and lows of our lives. But we do so knowing that it is that transforming love that has called us into this great ministry. So friends, thank you. Thank you once again for welcoming me, welcoming us, my family, into this church and making this our home. Thank you for walking along our side and into service into the community. Thank you for trusting God and trusting God with me and trusting God that we can accomplish great things. And thank you for always, always, always being a family to us. God bless you.